Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week we are going to be talking about politics and kids and why it's important to teach kids uh, why it's important to vote. <laughs> and to do that, I have brought on Sean Callahan. Hello, Sean. Hey, Martha. Thanks for having me on. Um, it's really so nice to, to have here. you. Great. Yeah. Um, well, before we get started talking about uh, politics and kids, I would love to hear a little bit about your background. Um, okay. Well, um, professionally, I've been a, a writer, a reporter for a long time. I currently work for LinkedIn. I help them uh, edit a couple blogs. That's what I do for LinkedIn. But uh, I've also written a number of children's books, which is uh, why you have me on this show. Yeah. Uh, St. Patrick's Day is a big time of year for me because I've got two leprechaun books. I've got um, The Leprechaun Who Lost His Rainbow and uh, Shannon and the World's Tallest Leprechaun, which is a book about uh, Irish dance. And uh, my, my daughters did that. They were Irish dancers, so I was inspired to write that book. But the reason I think you're talking to me today is a book uh, that I uh, co-wrote called Voting with a Porpoise. Yes, it is. And I, I, as you can tell by my title of my podcast, I love a good pun in a title. Um, (laughs) And that's an amazing pun. So um, great. Yeah. What led you to write Voting with a Porpoise? All right. Well, it's, it's kind of a long story, but I'll I'll make it as short as possible. Um, I co-wrote the book with uh, my friend, Russ Glass. And uh, Russ has got an interesting story. He's a Silicon Valley ent- entrepreneur. I worked for him uh, at a company called Bizzo. Um, he sold Bizzo to LinkedIn. And both Russ and I moved over to LinkedIn. This was in 2014 um, with a bunch of other employees of Bizzo. Uh, we had an ad technology that LinkedIn wanted. And so Russ worked at LinkedIn for three years. And, and when he left, um, he took uh, some time off and he got very involved in politics and voting rights, voting rights in particular. Um, mm-hmm. He became a member of the board of uh, Rock the Vote. He started yes. a company called Votergy, um, which created an app uh, that helped uh, younger people, millennials, uh, share the reasons with their friends and family why they were voting and why it was important to them. 
uh, in an effort to get younger people out to vote. And so what Russ saw and what I totally agree with is that there, there's a problem with the culture around voting in the United States. Uh, the numbers of people who vote are incredibly low. 31% of uh, people who are eligible to vote who are under 30 voted in, a, in the most recent midterm. And so Russ wants to change that. He's got big ambitions with, you know, uh, some of the organizations he's working with to really change the culture around voting, make people much more aware of how important it is that they participate in our um, democracy, or else we we get bad results, you know, results that we as a group don't want if we're not out there making our voices heard. And so Russ came to me with this idea amidst all this to say, we need to start even younger. We need to start talking to really young kids when they start school or when they start reading about why it's important to vote. So he had this uh, idea of a book. He knew that I had written books. Uh, he'd written, read those books to his kids. And so he came to me and said, let's, let's do this book uh, that talks about making your voice heard, talks about voting. So he had this concept of some animals in the jungle that maybe they don't have enough water anymore and they got to figure out what to do as a group to do they dig a well do they move closer to a river do they go somewhere else where there's water and i moved it to the ocean when i wrote the the initial draft of the story because i love dolphins and porks mm -hmm. and i love the ocean i also had a friend daniel howarth who, who did the illustrations for this book who i knew could do a fantastic job uh creating this this world of the undersea you know the undersea yeah. world and so i wrote it and I came up with this title, Voting with a Porpoise. Russ loved it and liked the story. But he said, you know, the stories that my kids love and that I read over and over again have rhyme. So I wrote the story without rhyme and not in verse. And he took it and he said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it some rhyme. And so he took it over the finish line and, and added the rhyme, which I think is, you know, uh, did a, he did a fantastic job with it. And uh, yeah. so that's how, that's how we published that book. Uh, we got it out before the election in 2018. And, uh, you know, the great thing about the book is that there are elections all the time. Like in Chicago, where we are, there's a mayoral, uh, there was just a mayoral primary. There's going to be a mayoral runoff election in April. So we're constantly... Yes, that's April 2nd, right? Yep, April 2nd. Great. No. I just want to say the date in case there are any Chicago listeners. Be sure you go vote. Absolutely. If you're 18 <laughs> and older, go go vote. So um, yeah. that's uh, so that's that's the story of voting with a porpoise. Um, we're uh, looking ahead to 2020, um, and we want to, in the meantime, get this book in front of as many nannies, teachers, kids, parents as we possibly can to get people to really think about how important voting is and, and how essential it is that they make their voice heard and participate in our, our country system. Yes. And I actually read this with some of my nanny kids, um, some of my older nanny kids. Uh, I read it with my babies, but they didn't have any comments um, yet. They will. Um, but I read it with some of my older kids and, and they really, we had a great discussion afterwards uh, about the book and, and they really got the message without, you know, really any guidance from me, which was kind of beautiful. Um, and they, they loved it. They loved the illustrations and the rhyme really 
they liked that as yeah, well. Right. So I think Russ did a great job with that. Yeah. So well, thanks. I'm, I'm glad they they got a kick out of it. I glad I'm glad the message hit home. Yeah. Um, so since children can't vote until they're 18, um, how can you make that connection clearer for them about the importance of voting and kind of keep them interested uh, when when they they can't do anything quite yet? Yeah, well, I mean, there's a number of ways. We, in fact, I, I just, uh, I'm getting ready to publish um, a post on the Votergy.org site that uh, Russ runs. Mm -hmm. It's called 11 Simple Ways to Teach Your Kids About Elections, Democracy, and Making Their Voices Heard. And Great. Go uh, look at the Chronicles of Nania, because I will share that. <laughs> all right. Fantastic. So, yeah, the, so there are a number of ways that kids can get involved even if they're not of voting age um, and, and ways that, you know, parents and nannies and teachers can talk to them about voting. You know, you can do things like um, showcase the other ways that we vote, right? As a, as a country, we have elections, but we also, um, in sports, we, you can vote for the Major League Baseball All-Stars. You can vote for the NBA All-Stars. Um, you can also vote on, uh, the voice, right? You have right. a voice in the voice. So I think <laughs> people see that voting is, is sort of part of our nation and how it works. Um, you could, uh, you know, make your bedtime reading about voting. Of course, I'm, I'm all for voting with a porpoise. There are other books that are talking about political issues out there. Two of the most famous are, you know, whose boat is this boat, which, um, uh, came out from Stephen Colbert's staff. Um, and then there's A Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo. Uh, it was a book by uh, John Oliver and his staff. Um, mm -hmm. So there, I think there are a lot of people talking about this kind of thing out there right now. Um, other things that kids could do when there, when there are elections, even if they're not 18, um, they can volunteer, um, they, can, they can canvas, they can do the, uh, for um, uh, candidates in their area. Um, yeah. you know, there, are, there are a lot of things that, uh, that kids can do. And then when they turn 18, just like when they turn 16, they get a, a driver's license. And when they turn 21, you want to go have your first legal beer, um, you should register as soon as you can on your 18th birthday. I think we should make that sort of a rite of passage. I completely agree. Another way um, that I've talked with kids about, uh, quote unquote, voting is how you choose to spend your money. Um, cool. So I went, I took uh, two of the kids that I nanny to the store Lush and I, uh, and it's like a, a bath and right. body type place. And, um, and I told them I choose to shop here because they don't test on animals. Uh, they use, you know, really good ingredients and things like that. And I explained to them why, I shop there versus a different store. Yes, um, so those kind of conversations are also, and you know, when you go to the farmer's market in the summer here in Chicago, those are huge, but I, I'm pretty sure they're big around the country. Um, when you go to the farmer's market, talking to them about why buying from a farmer's market is different than buying from the grocery store and how, you know, the middleman gets taken out and things like that. Um, kids can get a lot. Yeah, we just absolutely. have to, <laughs> we have to trust them with it. Um, but I, I think those are important conversations, all of the ones we've just talked about. Yeah, absolutely. You, you definitely can vote with your dollars in the, in the market economy.
for sure. Yeah. Um, so, but some of the the concepts behind politics are are pretty complicated um, and can be hard to explain. And I I do believe that kids can uh, understand a lot. But you know, immigration and abortion and police brutality and all that sort of things. Um, how can you make complicated and and polarizing issues more accessible for kids? Well, I think kids have an innate sense of fairness. They want mm-hmm. things to be fair. And I think that's the way when I was talking with my kids and, uh, you know, uh, when they were growing up, is I think we all would like politics and the country and opportunity to be fair. And so I think the debate around almost all of those issues that you're talking about, immigration, uh, police brutality, et cetera, are about a certain amount of fairness. And I think just asking the kids what they think would be fair, and that's, that's what we're sort of voting on, is what's the fairest path forward. Um, I think that sort of gets the point across. You know, um, Other ways that you can talk about kids about elections is they have elections in their own schools, you know, uh, for student council. And I think that's, you know, they can, they can see that that is something they're voting for. Um, maybe the people we're voting for when we're adults have a little bit more power than students who are on the student council, but it's the same basic idea. Um, also, like one of the things we do when we go into schools and, and talk about this idea and read Voting with a Porpoise and talk about elections is, is have a vote with the kids that we're talking to and they can vote for either, for example, like everybody gets one sticker or everybody gets the other sticker and they vote. And no matter which way you voted, the the winning sticker gets handed out to everybody. Um, And, uh, or, or it's a, instead of a sticker, it's a snack, you know, rice Krispie treat versus a cupcake, something like that. So that's, that's one way we sort of demonstrate the, uh, the election and how it how it happens and you know sometimes we'll go in and we'll do the election and then we'll allow we'll have their initial vote and then the kids can go back amongst themselves and talk and sort of lobby and uh and maybe the vote turns out differently the second time when they sort of get a grasp of what's actually happening some kids who maybe want that rice krispie treat will get other kids to vote for that rice krispie treat instead of the cupcake yeah, I love that. Um, and I know that at one of my nanny kids' schools, they had an election for student council, and there was a big controversy because one of the uh, runners, the candidates, yeah. was um, like borderline bribing other students. <laughs> yeah. And so there, you know, and it became this, this big deal that they all, you know, but they, it was a really good teaching moment too of what's fair and what's not fair and what is playing by the rules and what's not playing by the rules and all that. Yeah. And it sort of replicates what's going on in our elections now where a lot of people think that donors have too much influence and the money has too much influence on the, on the, on the vote and on the policy decisions that are ultimately made. Agreed. Yes. I, and that's a great jumping off place to talk to kids about it. So I do think the more you in, kind of include democracy in your day-to-day lives, the easier it is to talk about. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it is everywhere. Like you pointed out, it's in the, it's in the economy. It's in what we spend our money on. It's on TV, on the voice. It's in, um, you know, voting for major leaders. And if you watch CNN, MSNBC or Fox news, it's on 24 hours a day, voting politics, all that's right. Is all over the place. Yes. Um, but politics can be a touchy subject. And as nannies, we're often trying to support parents and what they want to teach kids. We're not, you know, putting our own values uh, on the kids. Uh, so how do you how do you talk about politics, especially with those touchy subjects, without ruffling too many feathers or, or going against what the parents want to teach their kids, even if that doesn't align with your value system. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a very tough thing, but it, it's sort of like what we live with every day, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I think that as citizens in, the, in a democracy or a democratic republic, if you wanna get real particular about the United States, there are, I would say, plenty of laws that maybe we all don't agree with, right? There's uh, okay. a, a, a abortion rights uh, is a difficult um, issue for a lot of people. Um, legalization of marijuana and other drugs um, is another one, right? Uh, right. There are um, other countless laws like sentence, sentencing laws around um, uh, drug convictions, I think a lot of people have legitimate disagreement with. And so, mm -hmm. but we, you know, you kind of have to live within the laws that we've all um, agreed to at some level. And you have to work within that system to maybe change people's minds or change the laws. So I don't think you should, even if you're a nanny, sort of give up your own voice if you have a real disagreement maybe with what uh, what is being taught, you know, I, I think, I think there are ways to have a civil discussion and talk about, here's this one side, here's what they're saying, and here's what the other side is saying. And again, I think if you frame it around fairness, I think kids will get the idea and think about, think about the topic in their, through their own, the prism of their own mind and this idea of fairness. Um, it, it's definitely a fine line, but it's sort of like what we have to deal with every day. You know, uh, whether right. in the house, if you're taking care of someone else's kids or, or just living in the broad society, there are laws and ideas and concepts that we don't all agree on, uh, but we have to sort of navigate that. Um, it's not easy. No, it's not. And it, it takes a lot of energy, but um, it's worthwhile, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I love that idea of, of kind of just presenting the information um, and letting, you know, being there for the kid, uh, to talk with, but, but kind of keeping your values out of it, um, and just kind of presenting both sides and saying, this is, this is what people are debating about. Yeah. There's one, another topic I think that, that really gets people's heart rates up is, is sort of general concept of government, right? I think mm -hmm. that, that there's a lot of people who, uh, especially in our country where we celebrate capitalism and embrace it, and it's obviously been very effective for us, we've kind of turned towards embracing capitalism but denigrating government. 
And I think we need both to really function as a, as um, a country and as an economy. Government does a lot of support for business. Um, simple things like uh, creating the infrastructure out there, whether it's airports or roads, um, funding research that government or that businesses eventually use. And I don't like the demonization of government. So I think that's a lot of, um, I've got a, another website called What Has Government Ever Done For Us, which talks about, you know, using examples of uh, positive government programs showing how it supported business and, and helped the country. And I think that's another area like abortion, like uh, drug laws and, and other things that are very controversial. But there are ways to talk like, to just sort of present the facts. Like obviously business is important, but government is important to support business too. So. Right. Yeah. And I, I love that. Is that website um, appropriate for children? Um, well, it's appropriate, but they may be bored out of their minds, but yeah. Right. But maybe a nanny could go read it themselves and, uh, and then kind of translate it into what has, a more. It's called what has government ever done for us.com. Great. Great. Um, so yeah, I've heard from some of my nanny kids that politics get discussed, you know, during lunchtime and on the playground and, um, sometimes kids will repeat really hurtful rhetoric that they've heard from their parents. Um, you know, I've, I've heard a kid say that, uh, another kid, you know, screamed at them, your parents want to kill babies and, and things like that. Um, and so, uh, how can we help kids deal with that politically based bullying? Cause a lot of times they're working kind of out of their depth of, I don't, I don't know why my parents voted that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, th I think a lot of adults are working out of their depth. It's a very, very difficult issue. Like both sides see each other as like very villainous, right? Right. People who want to take away the right to your own, your say over your own body versus people who are, you know, obviously there's a living thing here that's, uh, um, is not going to make it to, uh, birth. So right. on both sides, there, there's trouble. It's, I, I don't know how, if we can't get adults to sort of talk civilly about it, it's very difficult to get kids to talk about it. You just, I think you just have to say that um, to the kids that there are some issues that you're never going to agree on with someone else mm -hmm. uh, that, that takes the opposite point. And um maybe in the schoolyard is not the best place to have that discussion Maybe it's better to have it somewhere else. But, um, you, you get across the point that you're not going to agree with somebody else all the time. I think that's really the only ultimately mature way to, to handle it because it's very difficult to convince somebody of your side in in a debate like that. And, uh, continuing to have the bait will probably only end up with people wrestling on the ground. So. Right, right, for sure. Um, I also think that arming kids with, um, like, you know what? I don't want to talk about this right now. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, language like that or saying, I, let me, let me think about that right. or let me ask some questions and we'll talk about it later. Um, so giving them that language of not completely dismissing the other person, because a lot of times I think kids and adults, uh, 
you know, sling these really harmful things because they are wanting something. Um, and they're wanting a reaction. And so to give them a kind of, I hear what you're saying, uh, and I don't have an answer right now (laughs) kind of language. I think sometimes that will stop bullies, not always for sure. Um, but I, I read this book called Nonviolent Communication. Yeah. I highly suggest every nanny read it because it, it's very good. Um, nope. But what in that- said makes a ton of sense, uh, especially yeah. you know, when you're talking about the kids, you know, under 10 years old. It's very- that's, Right. Because you, you, you sort of want to get it settled or you want to be right, or, or you, and you don't want to give in either. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a very good um, technique for uh, yeah. in the situation. Very, very smart. Yeah. Although, you know, and, and also tell kids that it's easier said than done. Sure. Cause you know, I read that book, I try it. <laughs> and there are times that I let my emotions get the better of me. So also uh, tell them to practice forgiveness if they, uh, if they don't handle it <laughs> yeah. in that, in that calm way. Um, Cause it's not, it's, it's really hard. Um, especially with emotional issues and especially when you feel like you're being attacked. Um, but you know, that being the goal and practicing towards that, I think is very helpful. Yes, absolutely. Um, so yeah, what you've kind of said throughout, but are there other resources, uh, that you suggest for nannies, parents, and kids who want to know more about politics? Obviously read your book, um, voting with a purpose, but, um, yeah, some other resources. Well, um, I mean, I've, I've uh, also written um, in this, this blog will also get posted uh, shortly. Um, great. 10 great books to teach your kids about voting, civics, and democracy. And uh, well, I mentioned the, the books by John Oliver staff and by uh, Stephen Colbert earlier. Uh, Dave Eggers, the novelist, the guy who wrote mm-hmm. a heartbreaking work of staggering genius. Um, he just wrote a book called What Can a Citizen Do? Um, yeah. uh, also aimed at kids. Um, and there's a bunch of other books out there. Um, you know, if you just do a search like Hillary, uh, Clinton, her, it takes a village book is mm-hmm. also now a picture book and her daughter, Chelsea wrote start now you can make a difference. Um, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of books out there, uh, where you can talk about these topics. Um, and, and get the conversation started about um, participating in the in the democracy that we live in. Yeah, and I also think that this is something you know I I say this very often on this podcast, but uh, a librarian would love to help you yes. <laughs> find books on this subject for your kids. So uh, you know whether you go by yourself at first and kind of see what's out there or you know you know your kids the best if if they can handle going through the library and and kind of searching through books um if they're old enough for that then i think that's a great way to spend an afternoon uh absolutely um Um, and then they have some ownership over finding that book you know if you present them with 10 different books and you say, you know, which three do you want to check out today? Things like that are, are really great to give them that autonomy over what they're reading, which I think is important. 
Yeah. So how can listeners find your book? Um, well, we're hoping that's, that it's in some independent bookstores soon. Um, I've been pushing bookseller in our neighborhood to, uh, to begin to carry it. But for now, it's on Amazon. Um, okay. Everybody can Great. get it there. Uh, voting with a porpoise. Yes. I love it. And it, it, the illustrations are beautiful. And the, um, I really like the verse. That was a good call. And I love the story of, of the collaboration of both of you, you know, adding your own pieces and, and the compromise. I think that's also a really good, um, kind of background story to this book because that's important too. And, and you can talk about that with your kids of, of collaborating with friends to get projects done takes some compromise and some listening to other people's ideas and things like that. Yeah. Um, that, that's true. I mean, Russ and I work really well together. We also wrote a book, um, and this is kind of funny called the big data driven business, which is a much <laughs> different book than voting with a porpoise. Um, yes. we had no illustrations. So we, <laughs> we we're thrilled to work with uh, Dan Howorth this time. Again, I want to mention his name. He is such a great illustrator. Um, fantastic. Yes, it is. It's beautiful. And I've even, you know, kind of been carrying around my personal library. When I uh, first babysit for a kid, I often will bring books because that's my way of communicating with kids. And yeah. I think it's a good way to invite them in kind of to my world without them having to do much. Um, and so, and I've gotten a lot of compliments on the art and voting with a porpoise, so. I hope the kids like Petey the porpoise, especially. Yes, yes, they do. And, um, and it was also fun. I love at the end how you talk about the difference uh, between uh, dolphins and porpoises. Right. And yep. there's an educational element, too. Yep, and there's the, the sort of uh, exercises you can do to introduce kids to voting, like the, the um, the one I talked about before about having kids vote, a group of kids vote about a snack or something that's in there. And there are some other ideas on how you can start discussions with kids on, on voting. Yeah. So if, if you're listening and, um, and you are interested in, in starting these discussions, but you're not sure of where to start, I, I would, um, highly recommend getting voting with a porpoise, um, on Amazon right now. And then if you're in Chicago, hopefully in some independent book stores soon. Yeah. Let's hope. Yes. Um, well, wonderful. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add? Just vote. Yes, please. Because also nannies, you, most of you are over 18. Yes. And if you are in the United States or if you're listening from a different country, vote in your country. Make your voice heard. Yes, you, it's, it's your right and, and please take advantage of it. Um, and if you have questions and then you're in the United States, if you're in another country, I'm sorry, I don't know how, uh, your system works, but if you're in the United States, please write into chronicles of Nania at gmail.com. I love talking about this. It makes me actually very happy. Uh, to help people vote for the first time. Um, I'm a little Leslie Nope like that. And so, um, so yes, please write in. I would love to research for you and answer your questions as best I can. And if I can't, uh, 
I, maybe I can reach out to Sean and he can help me find some resources. All right. I'd be happy to help. Yes. Thank you. Um, well, we end each episode with a cute or funny story. I just got a bunch from, uh, from the nannyhood. I put out a call on this Facebook group called the nannyhood and Allison Rodriguez, uh, sent this one in. She said, my favorite kid quote ever. We were sitting at a lunch table and out of the blue, a four-year-old boy says, wait, elephants can't talk, right? And it was so cute and innocent. Like what was going through his mind when he said that? Which is just, it's so stinking cute. I love the brains of children. You probably had just watched Dumbo. Yeah, maybe. There's the new live action one that's coming out. But yeah, I wonder also if he told an elephant a secret <laughs> at the zoo and he was worried it was going to get shared. Get out there, yeah. <laughs> well, elephants never forget, too. Yeah, so that's it's dangerous. Hopefully, hopefully they're good secret keepers. Um, well, thank you so much, Sean. I really appreciate you taking time to talk with me. Oh well, I I love talking about this. Thanks for uh, thanks for seeking me out, Martha. Really appreciate it, and uh, yeah. good luck with your podcast. I I love this format. It's fantastic. Thank you, and and thank you all for listening. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Hey, it's me again. Women's issues have always been political matters. What we do with our bodies, how we have our children, where we work, and what we are paid. But politics aside, the month of March is Women's History Month, and we want to celebrate nannies out there that are taking names and making history. In response, we're promoting a book that's coming out this year called Generation Nanny. This book is written by a nanny herself who created a sociological memoir about her experiences nannying for seven families over the past 10 years. There's stories about nannying in Denver, California, Mississippi, and the states in between. This book is full of fun and fascinating topics like the history of nannying, the business of nannying, and highlights the experience of the modern 21st century nanny pre-purchase her book before it's released for only $21 from now until April 7th. Visit publishizer.com, that's P-U-B-L-I-S-H-I-Z-E-R.com slash Generation Nanny and get your very own signed limited edition copy and Generation Nanny t-shirt with the purchase of three books or more. I've already got my copy, or it's pre-ordered, so I don't physically have it, but I've already pre-ordered my copy and I cannot recommend this book enough. Um, I just, go, go get it. You will, you can like thank me later. All right, bye. Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 